0: Hi, everyone. My name is Michaela, and this is the My Vinyasa Practice Podcast, Heartfelt Consciousness, where we spotlight stories from our community to uplift the collective consciousness. Thank you for being here and enjoy the episode. hello everyone and welcome back to the my vinyasa practice podcast heartfelt consciousness my name is Michaela so glad to be here with you today and I have Alyssa Clark with us Alyssa I'm so glad that you're here first off Alyssa is an MVP teacher and she which is why we have her here today built one of the biggest outdoor classes that MVP offered one of the biggest classes period um She's been teaching for quite a while, but has been with MVP as well for quite some time. So I'm excited to have you here.
1: Alyssa, how are you? Yes, thanks. Um, I'm doing great today and I'm really glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Thank you for your time, space, and energy.
0: First things first, let's give the audience, the listeners, a little bit of an intro
1: to Alyssa. Yeah, um, so Alyssa, naturally. Um, I have lived in Austin for about Years now, I think is the last time I did the math. Um, I've been practicing yoga. Gosh, it's definitely been over a decade, probably fifteen years at this point. I've I've lost track of time. I think we all have. Um, and I've been teaching since twenty nineteen, and have been with MVP since the studio opened in twenty twenty. So, it's been a it's been a pretty great journey so far. Um, I'm loving teaching and. You know everything that it has to offer. Um I have life outside of teaching as well, but that's that's kind of you know what comes to the forefront for me.
0: What do you like to do in your non-yoga time?
1: Yeah. Um, I do work a full-time job outside of yoga teaching. And then just generally on my own. Um, I have a dog and she's wonderful and I love her. So I love to take her on hikes around town. Um, Her name is Maggie, by the way, for those who want to know the dog's name, because the dog's name is important. Uh, We (laughs) we have to know. And she is a rescue from Austin Pets Alive. Uh, Other important information if you've lived in Austin. But yeah, I I love to hike with her. Um, I'm a pretty voracious reader at times. So I'm always like have a fiction or nonfiction book on hand that I'm, I'm delving into, um, I really picked up crosswords during the pandemic as well. So I, I pretty much live, you know, a kind of a retiree life on the side. Uh, it's pretty great. (laughs) I love it. Um, and then I love to travel. So whether it's domestic or international, um, I just love exploring other cultures, food, in other countries and other places. Um, and that's just, it's a big part of the adventures that uh, that I like to take around here. So yeah, and you know, exploring lots of things, what I can do.
0: I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, I, first of all, also Maggie is white with black spots. I feel like that's important. She is very cute. So now you know what she looks like because <laughs> she's precious. Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing all of that, Alyssa. Um, so, it's so interesting because at the beginning of the pandemic, when we all started working for MVP and started teaching outside, I didn't know anyone that was working for MVP. We were all wearing masks. None of us were really there at the same time. We were teaching outside. And so I feel like we talked there for quite some time before I ever really got to know you yeah, at all.
1: Absolutely. Yeah
0: which is so interesting to think about because we've both been with MVP for so long. Um, But I had taken your outdoor class, it built pretty quickly. So this kind of leads me into, into my next question. What was it like stepping into like teaching outside at the beginning of the pandemic and then kind of carrying that over because when we came inside, you kept that outdoor class. So tell yeah. me a bit about your journey with self-love Sunday.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, leading in into a little bit of how I answer that, I was just thinking the other day of it's like how elastic time is and how the pandemic itself, I mean, it's still going on, but the the real height of it um, lasted for so long and it just felt like this, it, you know, March lasted for seven months. It felt like march twenty twenty. And then now, you know, at this point, it feels like life has already shifted so differently that sometimes the early pandemic days still feel really far away. Like it's it's almost this snapshot of time that's sometimes hard to access. So I've been thinking a lot about that of just the class and how things evolved and how we all evolved. Um, you know, it was it was such a tough time for everybody. Um, thinking of, you know, the studio opening when it did, like summer 2020, um, as, as I recall, and and really just getting, getting folks a place to move and really process everything they were going to, and, and us as teachers as well. Like, I think that was a, a really important part of how do I hold space for everything that everyone is going through while I am also going through it? I think so much of the the example that was given that, you know, we're all in the same storm, but we're not in the same boat and just like really understanding what that was for people. So when it first started, I mean, having the outdoor space and we have a beautiful park in front of the studio and just be giving folks a space to physically be was, was fantastic. Um, just the, you would see folks come in and you could tell from their, their body language of just how. Concerned and scared and anxious, they were, you know, they might be like hunched over a little bit or really unsure as they kind of set up their space. And by the end of class, you just see this weight has lifted from them. They're standing prouder and taller, and not just because we, we did a lot of asana. Um, and they would come after me. I had for months for students just saying, Wow, this is my first class back, and I didn't realize how much I needed this. Or I've been practicing at home, but it's just so different in person. And that, that really gave me the energy to keep going as a teacher throughout the multiple waves that we had, throughout the heat of the summer in Texas, teaching outside in two Texas summers, three, really, actually, um, and having people show up going through the cold of winter. I'd be wearing my fuzzy boots and people would come in in multiple layers like there was just this. almost like a constant in the waves of everything that we were going through, um, that there really felt like that space just, it it was always there for folks and it was really, really special, Um, yeah.
0: I love that so much. It was a constant, yes, because it really was. And you had the same people returning, returning, bringing their friends, bringing their family and just, it was so awesome to watch it grow really. I really love that you brought up teaching outside in the Texas summer because man, that was so difficult, especially when we were all masked up still. Mm -hmm. And we, I was wearing this cloth mask because I really was trying not to contribute to waste because I was teaching so often. And I was like, it had the filter inside. So I was like, I can wear the filter for whatever. Anyway, all the logic. Right. But it was hard. To sweat into that mask and to breathe it against my face.
1: Yes. Yes. Um it, it was it was a lot and same thing too. Like wanted to protect my students. Um, you know, my husband's high risk from himself. And so it was just teaching so often, you know, trying to take care of yourself, trying to protect others. And it, it wasn't fun for sure. Um, You know, a lot of teachers, we, we talked about that, but we talked about obviously like the importance, but it was just difficult, you know, and when you're breathing and, and for those who may not be familiar, anytime you're speaking or projecting that way, you're using so much energy within yourself to share that, to articulate what you're saying, to demo, to do whatever you're doing, to try to um, you know, just get your message across and make sure people are are following and understanding. It was hard, even with the mic, which the mic was a a fun adventure part of the outdoor teaching. Um, Sometimes it wouldn't be charged. So I got to yell teach, which was a lot of fun. And those are the days that I would come home and have a nice cup of hot tea. Um, Or, you know, like wind would blow or something. So we had all the equipment, which was good, but it definitely was an adventure in adapting. Honestly, I I think is what it is, which is an important part of the yoga practice. Um, Anytime things we don't go the way, don't go the way that we expect. It's a great moment to look and go, you know what, this is how it goes. I can't control it. I just got to roll with it.
0: I think we even went through like a phase of like, we tried this bug spray and then we tried bug incense repellent and like all of these different, yes, there was absolutely this, like you never know what you're going to find when you come into the studio to teach your, come into the studio with quotes, to teach your outdoor class. Right. Um, And absolutely. I love that so much. Um, So I am not super like on for when exactly it became self-love Sunday? Has it always been self-love Sunday? Did it start that
1: way? Yeah, you know, it's, again, coming back to time being really elastic, I don't remember how long, but I feel like it's been self-love Sunday almost as long as I can remember, um, and I think what we identified early on was, again, that that need for comfort, that need for um, safety, and first and foremost, that comes from yourself and it comes internally. And so I don't, I don't even remember who came up with it necessarily. If if you did, my credit goes out to you. <laughs> um, whoever ended up doing it, my credit goes out to them. But, you know, really, it was just thinking about what that meant. Um, and I think of a lot of the students that we had, I had, new moms come and, you know, this was their only hour during the week that they got to themselves. And it was just a, such a restorative time for them, you know, families coming, um, people bringing their pets, dogs always welcome. And, and, you know, sometimes they bring partners or friends, but ultimately people just taking that pause and recognizing like, this is, this is it for me. This is what I need, you know, to, to clear, to clear my brain, to take care of myself um, I, I often say my yoga practice is like closing all the browser tabs in my brain. You know, I've got too much open. We just need to close it all. That's that's really what it it got to be for people um, was their their own time, their self love, whatever whatever it ended up being. Um, and I think the other part of that too is, you know, practice shifted so much for many of us. I'd say all of us during the pandemic that. Self-love was the grace you would give yourself to how your practice changed. You know, the folks who were used to going into the studio four, five, six times a week, you know, maybe it looked a little bit different when you're home and and we realized we needed to either slow down or just modify things maybe in a way we hadn't done before. That's it, self-love was that too, you know, it was it was how do I adapt to this world now? I
0: love that. And thank you for sharing. Um, because I'm glad that it's not just me that doesn't quite remember when it morphed into self-love Sunday because I feel like it's always been, like you said. Um, I don't remember it ever not being
1: yeah.
0: self-love Sunday. Um it is still self-love Sunday. It's, yes, <laughs> it, it is.
1: Inside, it, yes. That love.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And it can always be self-love Sunday. Um, but I love. The you know you brought up the importance of especially at a time when we were also separate and maybe missing things that were part of our regular routine that weren't anymore having a little piece of consistency outside of your four walls of your home Mm -hmm. was nice Mm -hmm. when you could still feel generally safe to be masked up and outdoors
1: yeah Um, exactly
0: and we had so much space thankfully in that grass to really spread out um, but like you said, sometimes it was like, it was yell, yell teaching,
1: <laughs> which was fun. You know, it, it, it had a good, it had its good times. <laughs> That's yes. Our, yeah, absolutely. What
0: would you say your favorite thing was about teaching outside when we were doing that? Forget yeah. the masks, forget the, you know,
1: I think it was the, the casual and welcoming nature of everything. Um, and what I love about MVP or studio in general is that we are very casual and welcoming. You know, you're not going to come in and feel like you, you don't belong, or at least I hope that folks come in no matter what and feel like they belong. But um, when you're outside, people would show up late, just roll out a mat and here they were, or again, they'd bring dogs or bring children, um, you know, they'd hang out in the back or, or up front. I told them, hey, you're, you're welcome no matter what. It was just that come one, come all spirit that I think was, was so much fun. And I, I really enjoyed that. Um, one of my favorite moments was actually a guy who had come to my class. At one point I was setting up and this was, I still think in 2020, I was setting up my speaker um, and and this guy comes up and he goes, are, are you supposed about to teach yoga? I said, yeah, do you want to come on down? He goes, yes. Literally went in the studio, grabbed mat, came out and set up right then. And he became one of the regulars. Um, who was, you know, as often as he was available, he would come to class. And up until, you know, our last outdoor one that we had, um, I know it's just so special, like, oh, you're having a class. Okay, I'll come on down. Um, And it was just that casual communal feeling was so special. I really, really loved that.
0: I'm really glad you brought that up, because that was one of the things that I used to really kind of push and like advertise that class for people who came in and just inquired about our offerings I was like you know if you want to ever try us out you literally can just walk up and practice you literally don't have to do anything you don't have to sign up you don't have to bring anything you can show up late like you said like you're you're not disturbing anyone you do you you show up um so I love that you felt that that too that that kind of like I love how you put it communal. Yeah. yeah.
1: Even people showing up without mats, just hanging out on the grass. Cause it was so nice. Like, heck yeah. Come on by. You, you don't need a mat. I, th- I think it also helped really reinforce that at least from a yoga teacher standpoint, we, again, so often want people to feel welcome, but you know, we can only do so much to create that environment. Um, but I think it did help remove a lot of the, the barriers that some folks may, you know, may feel if they're not familiar. And we've had a lot of people who went from the outdoor class to coming indoors to going through teacher training, all within this entire time frame. And that's, that was really neat. That's goes to show like, making it accessible for everybody um, was such a wonderful way to just build that community more.
0: Yes. I love that. It's so many, so many conversions like that. Absolutely. Cause I feel like the, just the nature of, like you said, that just the spirit of like, everyone's welcome as you are, mm-hmm. it can really be felt from all of MVP's offerings. Exactly. Come as you are. Yeah.
1: It's, it's great. <laughs> I love that.
0: So what would you say the biggest downside was to teaching outside?
1: Um. The sometimes unpredictability. Um, it could be weather, which you know, we obviously canceled classes during the February storm of 2021. Um, we were <laughs> trapped inside, no power myself. Uh, we were not, we were not doing that. Um, or if it would rain randomly and you weren't sure, you know, like it's sometimes you you didn't know what was going to happen, or even just the environment itself. I didn't know if it would be a day that um you know maybe there was a larger gathering nearby which the park was large enough space that that wasn't a problem but you you kind of don't know you know if you're if you're going to get maybe a group having a birthday party or somebody in the lawn and i'd always let folks know hey just so you know we're going to have a yoga class here it's you don't need to move but you'll want to be aware of that i think that that was always a little bit in the back of my mind of just as a teacher, I want to create the, the best space for my students. Um, and there were certain parts of that space that were out of my control. I couldn't control if it rained or snowed or was miserably hot or, you know, there was a bunch of dog poop on the grass, which that was a ritual. Checking the grass every time before class is there dog poop. <laughs> you just read my mind. I was thinking about
0: that as you were yeah. saying that. I was like, I remember. And I remember having a student tell me that they laid their mat down on it. And I was like, Lord,
1: help me. I'm yeah. so sorry. I felt so bad. It it happened. Um, and I would always try to look and, and I just felt so bad. Because um, even then, like, no matter how casual things get, that's a bit too casual. <laughs> I don't want that in my practice. Yes, absolutely. And it was totally
0: a thing with it being like a park in that way. But I think you put that beautifully. Thank you for sharing it are sharing that the there were things out of your control you know as a yoga teacher at least from my experience that's my number one job i'm there to hold space and protect my students my students these students while they're practicing mm-hmm. um and you can't control random people just walking up to what you're doing where you are and people driving by with loud music or whatever you never know what you're going to get
1: Yes, airplanes, cars, and, and I always like to acknowledge it and laugh about it. One day there was a drone, no idea why, but if y'all haven't heard a drone coming around before, they sound like hissing wasps. They're not even good sounds. It's just like this over what you're doing. And it was pretty disruptive. Like I don't I hope you're getting good footage, whoever, whoever was doing it. But yeah, I think. I tend to have a type A personality um, as far as wanting to control like what's going on in the environment around me. Um, And I'm I'm sure my friends would laugh at me saying that right now thinking, oh, yes, Alyssa, (laughs) you're type A. But teaching helps me, you know, manage that in a healthy way. But it also just comes to again i want to i want to offer a safe space for my students and a comfortable space for those who are practicing with me not necessarily mine but those who who come to the class that i'm holding um and so that always that always made for some fun adventures the unpredictable
0: nature is also like a i feel like a really good um like you said like testament to or like a point to bring the students back like acknowledge it like you acknowledging any distractions that you might hear <laughs> and coming back to your practice. Um,
1: exactly. Exactly.
0: So how do you do gosh that class was two years, right? Or longer. Yeah. Right? yeah, a little
1: longer than two years, yeah.
0: How how was it building this class, teaching this class that as it became really massive, 60, 70 people showing up?
1: Yes. Um it it felt so organic, which was wonderful. And I, I noticed just kind of these trends of folks who would come regularly and bring friends and then maybe they would transition to the next part of their life and then someone else would come in. Um, I also had friends of mine from when I went to a yoga retreat in Tulum, they would come and that was wonderful to see them and hang out and reunite with them. Um, and I think it, it was a wonderful practice in a um, non-attachment because, I, you know, you would have folks regularly come and then, like I said, they move on to the next season. And it just reminded me so much of how things change seasonally or how a class may come or go. Um, and But no matter what, the community was there. So even the, you know, the regulars that that may come, there was still a community no matter what there was still that foundation and there were still folks that would show up and they had been coming for almost 2 years or someone would show up and say i heard about this for the first time this week and i wanted to come check it out and so it was just this this constant community that happened that was just absolutely wonderful like it's seeing folks waving the hellos the um the meeting of people you know who hadn't seen each other before within class, which that, that happens in, in most yoga practices, but even the invitation to stay afterward and hang out in the park, I would see that a lot. Folks would bring books or cards or hang out with their friends. Um, it was just, it was truly beautiful. And I feel I feel really lucky that it did happen the way it did. Um, it gave me a space to continue offering things for students um, and it gave them a space to explore. And, you know, I tried to keep classes as accessible as I could in the environment that I could, um, and really just give it a space to grow on its own. And it did, I I feel extremely lucky that I got to do that.
0: You did a beautiful job of offering accessible classes. Um, you know, we, we, the trainers, Tara Mm -hmm. really value your accessible teaching and, the fact that you were doing it outdoors without props, some people didn't have mats, you know, really truly come as you are, um, that she would send the YTT students out to kind of experience that because you did do a wonderful job from like inclusive queuing to like different offerings that were prop free because you were working in a prop free atmosphere. Um, So I think you did a beautiful job and I think it is a testament to your offering that people were just showing up whether it was like word of mouth or just like showing up in their lives. Um,
1: yeah. yeah. I appreciate that. And yeah, I think too, like all ages, I'd see lots of folks. One of my friends came with her 14-year-old son and then obviously people brought like children. Um, and then I definitely saw older folks who would show up as well. Um, one of my favorite stories I think about is this, this couple who came up to me afterward. They're a little bit older And they had been married, I want to say 40 years is what they said. And what they would do is each month, one of them would plan a date day and it would be a surprise date day or date night. um, And they would alternate in his surprise for her was the yoga class. And even though he, I don't think he'd ever been to a yoga class before they came in, it was adorable. Number one, made me cry. Like it was such a beautiful, thoughtful thing, but yeah, I just, I saw this and I thought it would be a great experience for me and my wife. And he did that. And I just thought that was beautiful. Like that made me, that made me so happy. Um, That's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That that story really sticks out for me a lot.
0: Oh, I love that friend out there. Thank you for giving a gift of yoga. I love that.
1: It's so sweet.
0: Yeah. What you've kind of answered this a couple of times and you know, We've really highlight, highlighted the community and the welcoming atmosphere, um, but what do you feel like was so special
1: yeah. about
0: Soft Love Sunday?
1: Um, I think so many of us were growing together. I know for me, and, and I think any one of us who take a moment to pause at what we've learned over the last few years and how we've grown as people, um, I have really made a concerted effort to allow space in classes for all kinds of people going on all kinds of journeys. Um, you know, from from the very beginning, it's an empathy journey, which I think is something it's, it's a constant practice. You know, we're not born with a certain amount of empathy and that's it. It's a muscle that we grow. And I know for me, it's been a muscle that has grown greatly over the last few years. So making space for that in class, you know, making sure that I, that I keep that is part of my teaching um and then you know the physical aspect of everything understanding more about you know what people's journeys are throughout the practice no one's practice is going to look the same and that's something i know and have known you know it's for the whole time i've been practicing yoga as well as teaching but but really learning more about that as as i taught and as the community grew and i saw the different folks who, you know, and would learn their stories as as they would come to class and they would tell me, oh, I have XYZ injury or, oh, this is my history. It just, it helped me really understand and put myself in the shoes of them. Um, and that just, that made it really special because I was learning about that, and then they were learning as they came as well, you know, or folks coming up afterwards sharing something that worked for them. Hey, the way you described this was really helpful. I hadn't thought about that before. Um, it just I, I feel like I grew so much as a teacher with that class. Um, and, and I've been able to take those, those lessons indoors as well. Um, you know, really the. The way that I describe things and cue and, and learn about different bodies, different experiences. Um, that's it's been something I, I will take with me for a long time. And then, of course, the public speaking aspect, which is always there as a yoga teacher. But especially when you um, want to command a space outside, when you have a large group, it's very important microphone or no microphone to Um, any teachers as well know this anybody listening who's a teacher I know they're like trust me I know about commanding presence (laughs) Um, that definitely was something that came up and so those are all you know things that I I learned and I went through Um, but I I could see as as folks would practice and they would come every week or every now and then or you know people who would come from out of town just seeing how we were all learning that together was was so special and so important. Um, I even remember a, I keep thinking of all these fun stories now. Um, a mom who brought her teenage daughters and um, her husband was part of Broadway. And so they were traveling. They traveled as a family for Broadway shows. And I want to say it was The Lion King because that's one of my favorite musicals. Fantastic. And she came for like the four weeks they were in town, they came to class and then there was time for them to move to the next city. And just that moment of, we got to spend those weeks together. And then you went on, was just a, a beautiful experience shared together. Cause back I, to a paregraha. Yes, <laughs> I gave her a big hug at the end. I'm like, I'm going to miss you. <laughs> I hope
0: she's listening. I know who you're talking about. She practiced inside too. I love her. I will resist saying her name. I hope that she is listening. Um, yes, 100%. Um, and seeing her. Yes, absolutely. Let me not make this about me. Thank (laughs) you for sharing that story. Um, and you've said it a few times, and I think that that's the, the coolest thing as a yoga teacher is to be able to witness people's discoveries and growth and paths and, just all of the things they get, they do. Um, yes.
1: And it's important for me to be able to witness it and, and love it with them without making it about me and my teaching, which can, you know, that that's a hard balance as a teacher. Um, knowing that if I've said something and it helps somebody, that's beautiful. But knowing that it's their own practice and it's not mine, um, it's that is a constant practice as a teacher, myself. So, you know, honoring and giving space for that. Of course, and then
0: on the other side of that, receiving feedback in a way that is not personal,
1: Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. Like if something was confusing or, you know, maybe somebody came to a class once and never came back, that's okay. They have all of their reasons. It has nothing to do with me. I'm not going to love every class that I go to, so I don't expect everyone to love mine. Exactly, absolutely,
0: and I think these are all really wonderful tips for new teachers, period. Regardless mm-hmm. of if you're teaching a massive group of a communal space that are people just coming and going to this class, um, being unattached. To, and and, you know, and not being averted at the same time. That beautiful mm-hmm. balance of just allowing things to be.
1: Yes. Yes. And taking the lesson no matter what. Um, because even if it's something where you know, maybe, maybe a class didn't go the way I expected as a teacher or as a student practicing, you know, maybe I didn't, it wasn't what I expected, which is a great reason why expectations can, can get us sometimes still taking the lesson from that. Um, And, and the lesson doesn't necessarily have to be some big earth shattering thing, but it's, what did I notice about this? Or what did I take from this? Or what did I, you know, sometimes it's a lesson in what not, to have happen, like what not to do. And that's super valuable. And so that's been really important for me on both sides of the teaching and practicing coin. I got too excited and I
0: tried to unmute myself and then I hit the windows button and all things, bad things happened. (laughs) I'm back. Um, Absolutely. Look at you. I'm so happy that you're here you're bringing in the yamas and the the Yamas, right the svadhyaya that's really what it's all about
1: Mm -hmm. we're not
0: none of it's about anything but just learning about
1: yourself yes yes that's that's been a big lesson too over the last few years um and I don't know if that how much of that lesson or those lessons come from the pandemic versus the time I am in my life I think it's both um, and I think the percent changes depending upon the day. But really honoring the journey that we're all going on, um, we're all learning in different ways. and and I, you know, we're all unpacking things. I was talking with somebody the other day, like we're all just unlearning the stuff we learned as a kid. <laughs> you know, like we're we're all on that journey. and and I think from a teacher standpoint, especially outside, just the different environment that we were in the different um, outside factors that would affect what we did. You know, it was, it was all about that process. Um, The other thing too, is that I think a lot about is acknowledging the different moments that happen. There has been so much trauma over the last two years that we are all carrying fundamentally that will affect us for the rest of our lives and showing up week to week and giving Giving folks a place to honor that and honor what they were going through while I was also going through it was such an important part of that personal journey of recognizing that sometimes you just got to say it's there, you know, and you you may not say the right thing, but you're trying to do right. You're trying to do right by folks and, and to pretend that these things were not happening is a disservice to our humanity you know, and some folks want yoga practice as as an escape from that or a way to process it in the background. And some people very much want to bring it to their mat and, and giving folks a space to be able to do that um, was was really important. And it was something I learned a lot about, and I'm still learning. You know, I, I take those lessons in my day job. Um, I take those lessons in, in other parts of my life too. It comes back to that empathy and just remembering the journey we're going on and knowing that we're all going to be in different spaces for that. But acknowledging it is the the first and most important part of this. And just a beautiful underlying
0: message that we approach the entire practice of yoga with, you know, take what you need and leave the rest. And that might change daily. Yes,
1: yes. Uh, awesome. And sometimes the taking what you need, I, I've learned is needs versus wants are very different. You know, it's a whole nother conversation. Yes. uh huh. uh -huh. And taking what you need may mean something that you don't like, but it's what you need. And your body knows that intuitively, your mind knows that intuitively. And I think, you know, this practice gives us space to tune into that and go, okay, yeah, that's, that's actually what I needed to hear. Yep. I'm going to let that marinate and then I'm going to move forward and be better for it. Not judge myself if it took me some time to listen. Exactly. Exactly. We're we're all learning and it's all gonna take a moment. And yeah, not judging ourselves for that. Um, I think it's the the lessons that we learn. Um, you know, it's not the not knowing. It's kind of a double negative. It's not the not knowing, it's not the ignorance, it's what we do once we learn. And I have taken that a lot and I've used that in my own life um to, to reduce judgment upon myself as well you know, we're all learning and growing, but what are we taking from that and moving forward with it? Which is why we practice, right? We come to yoga to
0: practice on our mat to then take this and apply it to our life. And what a beautiful way to be able to offer
1: students a space to do that in a time where things were really tough. Yeah, Um, They they were scary, you know. Still scary times, but definitely scary then. In a different way, absolutely. <laughs> In a Just different, a different way. kind of scary, yeah. Different kind of scary, yeah. And knowing that our our mat is there for us, or our grass, our patch of grass, yeah. um, is is always there for us. It gives us that consistency. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So I appreciate all of that. Thank you so much for sharing the things that you've learned, and you know, have started to really apply to not only your teaching but your own life. Um, I appreciate your perspective. And I want to hold space for you to share anything else that you would like related to self Sunday or not, uh, before we part ways.
1: Oh my goodness. Um, this, this moment, I feel like I should say something profound and I've got nothing. <laughs> um, no, I just, I know what it is. I know it's a huge. Thank you. Um, thank you to, anybody who's come to practice um thank you to anybody who's come to self-love sunday or shared it um or who's even just acknowledged that practice i just want to say a huge thank you to you but um especially a thank you to those who came to self-love sunday whether you came once whether you came multiple times um you know y'all showed up and it was it was wonderful it was truly a joy um i am human there are days that are rough for me sometimes, just like they're rough for anybody else. And sometimes there are days that I didn't necessarily have the energy that I normally wanted to have. And y'all gave that back to me in spades. There wasn't a single class I left that I didn't feel uplifted or fulfilled um, from being there. And that's, you know, maybe that's feeding my own ego, but I just am immensely, immensely grateful for that. Um, And the love was there. And As I told everyone the last time we were outside, it it just, it meant so, so much to me and to the whole community there that, that people came, it wouldn't exist if people didn't show up. So I think that's my final, final sort of message is a huge thank you. And I love you to each person who came to practice and meant the world. Beautiful message to end on, I'm going to leave it at that.
0: Thank you listeners for being here, uh, for sharing time and space with Alyssa and I, thank you, Alyssa. Uh, for sharing your wisdom, your time, your space, your energy. It's such an honor to know you. And we will see, hopefully, everyone next week.